Hey guys, welcome to Discover Podcast. This is another Monday upload. So we're diving back into the scriptures and we're trying to find Jesus in every single verse. So today we start a new chapter. Um, yay, you know, I love I love having new chapters. Um, especially within the book of Romans, you know, there's something, it just gets better and better every single chapter that goes by. So we're going to go dive into chapter three. And let's just begin in chapter three here. Um, I'm not going to go too much in the context of what we read before. I feel like I'm at some point, I want to have to stop doing that simply because, you know, it's going to be too much to recap, you know, every single episode. But, um, yeah, you know, I would just advise you guys to go back to the very first, you know, uploads and we, as we continue, you know, every single chapter, every single new thing that God's been showing us. Um, but again, main thing, context completely is just Jesus, the gospel, what he's done for us. So we're going to just, we're going to align ourselves with that always, every single time we, uh, read the scriptures. So let's dive into chapter three. Let's see what happens and let's see what the Lord has for us today. Right? It says, uh, chapter three, verse one says, then what's the advantage of being a Jew? Is there any value in the ceremony of circumcision? Uh, yes, there are great benefits. First of all, the Jews are entrusted with a whole revelation of God. Now, remember, I, I would mention this a lot, you know, that this is not even, um, Paul didn't write this as chapters. He didn't write this as verses. He wrote this as one big letter. So this is why I think it's super important to go back to the episodes to know the context, because if I just jump into this one chapter without any context, one, we'll make our own theology, we'll make our own uh, assumptions of what it actually means. And, um... People say, you know, the context within the chapter, you know, but I say, no, the context within the entire book, you know, read the context with the entire book um, and even the whole Bible as well. You know, it's Jesus centered always. So um, having these lenses of Christ, you know, help us see what they actually mean. So I'm going to actually mention what things mean based off what we've already read. Um, so, for example, here, the advantage of being a Jew. Is there any value in the ceremony of circumcision? Why? Because in the previous verses, he says that true circumcision is not obeying the letter. You know, it's not just that. It's a changed heart produced by the Holy Spirit. And a person that has a heart that has changed seeks praise from God and not people. So now he's just saying, well, I mean, is there really any advantage of being circumcised? He says, yes, there are great benefits. First of all, the Jews were entrusted with the whole revelation of God. You know, and he's talking about the uh, circumcision. You know, that these Jewish people were actually interested with this amazing revelation of circumcision. Um, again, this is spiritually speaking, right? So three says, true, some of them were unfaithful. But just because they were unfaithful, does that mean God will be unfaithful? Of course not. Even if everyone is a liar, God is true. As the scriptures say about him, who you will be proved right in what you say and you will win your case in court. Um, but some might say our sinfulness serves a good purpose. For it helps people see how righteous God is. Isn't it unfair then for him to punish us? This is merely a human point of view. Of course not. If God were not entirely fair, how would he be qualified to judge the world? But someone might still argue, how can God condemn me as a sinner if my dishonesty highlights his truthfulness and brings him more glory? And some people even slit and slander us by claiming that we say the more we sin, the better it is. Those who say such things deserve to be condemned. And uh, I'm going to stop here because this is one big point here that uh, we're reading. I love this version of the NLT because this just 
brings everything to the light. I remember reading this exact same passage um, in NIV, King James, and I was just like, what is going on here? It's super confusing. But man, this book just, just gives us a clear image of what he's saying. It starts off with, you know, that there is a true advantage of being Jewish, you know, of circumcision. There are great benefits, he says. For of all, you know, first of all, the Jews were entrusted with the whole revelation of God. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's the whole point of being Jewish. In other words, you can't be really a Jewish person or um, you can't really convert to Judaism without being circumcised. So it's what it's saying. Like, you know, this is not so much about the circumcision. It's about being a Jewish, you know, being within the Jewish religion, you know, being Judaism. And he's saying it's such a great you know, benefit. Why? Because these are the people that had the revelation of God in the beginning. You know, we were adopted as Gentiles through what Jesus has done. We know God because of what he has done now. But you guys who are Jewish, you know, you guys have the revelation of God before Christ even came. So that's why there is a huge advantage of this. You know, it's, it's awesome. But then it says, true, some of them were unfaithful. But just because they were unfaithful does not mean God will be unfaithful. Of course not. Even if everyone else is a liar, God is true. As the scriptures say about him, you will be proved right in what you say, and you will win your case in court. And I believe he's just saying, you know, he's just talking about the Jewish people here, you know, that some were unfaithful, but just because they were unfaithful, does that mean God will be unfaithful? So he's more highlighting God himself. People can be a Christian, people can be a child of God, and be unfaithful to their religion or even to God himself. Um, but God still ends up being faithful, right? It just He's just proving like, no matter what you do, God is faithful no matter what. Then it says, but some might say our sinfulness serves a good purpose. People who are unfaithful, right? Our sinfulness serves a great purpose, for it helps people see how righteous God is. Isn't it unfair that then for him to punish us? Now, this is people who obviously don't know what they're saying, right? He's just saying, some might say this. Some people are actually saying this. Even though God is faithful, people are saying this. Our sinfulness, like it's, it's okay for us to be unfaithful. It's, it's okay for us to live in sin. Our sinfulness serves a good purpose, is what it's saying. For it helps people see how righteous God is. Isn't it unfair then for him to punish us if he's going to be righteously, you know, glorified? This is merely a human point of view. In other words, this is from the flesh. This is not revelation of the spirit. This is not even God speaking when somebody says that. It's literally just somebody talking out of the flesh. So they can live within the flesh. Remember how we were saying before how people abandoned the truth? And I love how this is just the same thing. They traded the truth about God for a lie, you know, and now they just make their own image of God, you know, and that's what's going on in this passage. And that's what it's saying. Just because they desire the sin more than Jesus himself or God himself, you know, this is what happens. They believe that God allows them to sin so he can be glorified. I mean, that just sounds dumb. I mean, it just sounds pretty stupid. I mean, this isn't God. This is not what he does. If anything, he actually does the opposite. He takes away our sins so he can be glorified. He changes. He transforms us and allows us to live a holy life. And it's not us. This is the thing. He allows us to live holy. He empowers us to live holy. And us being holy, oh man, you don't do this anymore. You don't do that anymore. I mean, how is this even possible? You were addicted to that stuff or this or that. God only can do this. See, this is how he's glorified in this kind of situation. But obviously, these people obviously aren't having this true revelation of Jesus or God. Um, and it's really distorting their image of God. Uh, he continues saying, but someone might still argue, how can God condemn me as a sinner if my dishonesty highlights his truthfulness and brings him more glory? Same thing that we were just saying. And some people even slander us by claiming that we say, the more we sin, the better it is. 
I mean, this is just, I'm like, what is going on here? I mean, he's just dealing with this stuff. This is Paul just dealing with this stuff that people have mentioned. Those who say such things, this is what he says, those who say such things deserve to be condemned. And it's not just, you know, like condemnation or like punishment. Like, no, you know, you're going to hell. No, it's not like that. He's saying these people deserve their punishment because they don't know the truth. They don't understand the reality of Jesus. They don't understand the reality of God. And, you know, you get what you pay for pretty much. It's just, this is where you're headed. And you deserve to go there because you abandon the reality of God. You abandon the truth of God. He's faithfulness. He's faithful. He's good. And yet he loves you. And again, it says in chapter 2, Don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? So in the end, he's still faithful. He's still good the point where he himself is willing to just love us so much so we can turn away from our sin. But those who play around with God's grace, that's where you just like, okay, you know, what's going on here? Like, am I saved or not? You know, stuff like that. And and this is what he's saying. Like, you're, you're already condemning yourself. And there's nothing we can do for you. You know, these people, those who say such things deserve to be condemned because they're literally distorting who God is. And especially for other people. We're going to continue I'm going to go as far as I can with this chapter. Uh, Well then, this is verse 9, should we conclude that we Jews are better than others? No, not at all. For we have already shown that all people, uh, whether Jews or Gentiles, are under the power of sin. This is powerful. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are. We are all under the power of sin. When we were born into this world, we were born under the sinful nature, you know, the fall of Adam. As the scriptures say, no one is righteous. This is uh, verse 10. No one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. This is the scripture saying this. This is our human nature. This is our sinful nature. Their talk is foul, like the strength from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder, destruction, and misery will always follow them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. Yeah, and I'm starting to see that this this is all, you know, these are this is all terms from the Old Testament. I see references from the Psalms, uh, many Psalms, and then even the book of Isaiah. You know, these are references, you know, from the Old Testament saying this is our human nature. This is what we were born into after the fall of Adam. No, no one is perfect. No one is holy. We all deserve condemnation. This is pretty much what it's saying. We all deserve to be separated from God. But I love how this book continues. Obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. Let's read that again because I, I, I sense something strong. Its purpose. What is the purpose of what? The law. It is to keep people from having excuses. Number one. And to show that the entire world is guilty before God. This is what it's saying. The law was given to show that we need, <laughs> we need Jesus. We need, we need to be completely right with God. Our human nature allows us to do everything but what He wants us to do, to live a holy life. You know, we just read this long list. But He's saying this is our sinful nature. This is the purpose of the law, to keep people from having excuses, from doing right. And to show that the entire world is guilty before God. Tony says, For no one can even be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are.
In other words, if I try to keep the law, just by trying to keep the law, it shows me that I'm a sinner. Oh man, I have to stop lying. Oh, I have to stop cheating. I have to do this. I can't. I have to stop doing this or that. It just shows me, man. I want to do these things, and just because it's crazy, it just it just happens. You know, it's just who we are. But now, this is where finding. This is where we get into the good stuff. Ready? Verse twenty-one says, "But now, well, I'm going to read before. I'm going to read nineteen all the way to twenty-one. Obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given." For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. But now, 21, God has shown us a way to be made right with Him without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. You guys remember chapter 1? Verse 2 says, God promised his good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. That's chapter 1, verse 2. Now reading it again in chapter 3, verse 21. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. This is the good news. <laughs> this is so cool. 22 says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So it's crazy because, man, we just went through chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. Chapter 1 was pretty much this verse summed up, you know, in, in, in greater detail. Now chapter 2 just goes into the reality, how people get, well, we neglect this truth. We neglect the gospel. Chapter 3, same thing. We get into this hypocrisy stuff. It just We do things without Jesus, right? It just, it just becomes religion. Now it's just going into this stuff saying all people are sinners. So, I mean, this is just crazy. It's just showing that we all have a sinful nature. But now the good news is that we have been made right and we're able to make right with God simply by believing and putting our faith in Jesus Christ. 23 says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. All of us. 24 says, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight by his grace, by sending his son. Continue saying, he did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty from our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. This is the father giving his son as a sacrifice. Now, interesting. I have a big, long, uh, I have a, 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 a line that connects from this verse all the way to chapter 1. Uh, verse 27 of chapter 1 says, in the very end, says, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserve. You know, and to me, that really spoke of death. We spoke how the penalties or the wages of sin equals death. Now, going back to 25, for the father presented his son as a sacrifice for sin. In other words, he suffered that penalty. It says, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from sin through the penalty of our sins. When he freed us from the penalty of our sins. How did he do this? He presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. We deserve death. We deserve separation from the Father. This is what death really is. Disconnection from heaven. How is this possible that we are made right with God now? He sent his son. He, he sacrificed his son. So we can be right with him. He freely made us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty from our sins. 
for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back, oh my gosh, and did not punish those who sinned in times past. This sacrifice shows that God has been fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. Man, this is so crazy. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in the present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. I'm going to read this verse one more time because it's exploding my mind. This sacrifice shows, the, the sacrifice that he gave, shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. In other words, those who sinned before Christ. For he was looking ahead and including them in what would be what what he would do in times in present times about his son. God did God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when he when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then when we have done anything to be accepted by God? No. Because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law, it is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. After all, is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. There is only one God, and he makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jews or Gentiles. Well then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean we can forget about the law? <laughs> of course not. In fact, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. This is intense. This is why I love the book of Romans. Finally, we finally got here. This is this is exactly what I was waiting for. I'm going to um, save most of this topic for Jesus Talks from Friday. Uh, I'm going to actually run back to the scripture on Friday because uh, I don't want to make this episode too long. Um, I read two passages and uh, it connected all very well. So this is just a teaser for what's coming. Um, but I don't want to wait until next week to, to go through this. But I'm going to talk about how what I believe um, he meant when he says that he held back. You know, from punishing those who sin in times past. And I believe it's the Old Testament. Um, times of Abraham, Moses, all this stuff. Well, there was no Jesus, but I believe Jesus did manifest himself in these times, which actually allowed, and even those who resurrected from the dead when he was crucified, heard the gospel, and then they went to be with Jesus in the end. So, I mean, I'm going to talk more about this on Friday. I know it's a, bit, a little bit confusing, but this is how we're going to end this episode today. I'm going to read it one more time. 27. Can we boast then? That we have done anything to be accepted by God. Because I want to make sure this concept is, is, is really given to you guys uh, from the scriptures today. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. After all, is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. There is only one God and he makes people right with himself only by faith whether they are Jews or Gentiles. Well then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean we can forget about the law? And then he says, of course not. In fact, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. Why? Because when we have faith in Jesus, this is when we actually become the finished products of that cross. 
He took our sin so we no longer lived in sin. And I promise you, just looking at Jesus, being in love with Jesus, remembering what he's done, allows us to live holy lives constantly. So it's no longer about me trying to do right or wrong. It's me more being focused on what he has done for me. And automatically, I'll live a holy life. The reason why we still fall into sin is because we forget what he's done for us. So this is all about faith. In fact, only when we have faith, we truly fulfill the law. Only when we really believe what he has done, that's when we stop falling into sin. Okay, so I'm going to pray before we finish this up, just so we can, uh, so we can just remember what he's done. You know, because this is all done by faith. And uh, I love how this, this verse just ended this way. And uh, we're going to get into, you know, the reality of faith and uh, the beauty of faith and the law and stuff like that in the next chapter. We're already getting into chapter four. I definitely rushed through chapter three. Definitely wanted to because this is where it's starting to get really good. So this is the whole purpose of the book of Romans, honestly. Really seeing God's grace through faith, you know, by faith. And, um, just by believing what he has done so father i thank you for your word i thank you for your love i thank you for your son for you gave him as a sacrifice you've sacrificed your son so we will no longer taste death so we don't suffer in eternity without you you give your one and only son and you sacrificed him so we can live Jesus, we thank you for your will, you, for you willingly give your life for the Father, for us. We thank you because you've done this for us. Now, I just ask that you make this a reality in our lives constantly, that it never dies nor fades away, that it may become more real every single day. So we can always live according to your law and to your purpose. Live in your holiness and in your love. We love you. We thank you so much in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much. I loved today's episode. It was fun. Um, stay tuned for next week's um, episode. We're going to go into chapter four. And stay tuned for Friday's Jesus Talks. We'll talk about some revelations of Jesus within the scriptures and how I believe he was in the Old Testament as much as possible uh, and how I believe he was in the Old Testament. So I'm going to prepare myself for that one. But uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. And I pray that this blessed you. Please share. Please comment. Please review. Uh, please download this podcast so you know this can just get more within the algorithm and stuff like that. So guys, thank you so much. Let this word just be spread that we exist so people can also be blessed by his word. All right, guys, take care. Love you guys. Bye-bye.